The Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham dot HTM. Uh, and we've got Leicester this weekend in a fixture that many people wouldn't mind losing. But you can place a bet on that game and get triple the odds on your first bet with 888sport. And you can do that exclusively in association with KUMB. And you do that as I've said all year, by going to 888sport.com forward slash West Ham, but putting dot HTM at the end. 888sport.com forward slash West Ham dot HTM. Coyote's in the middle. Carroll attacks it. West Ham are back in the game. West Ham won Arsenal too. Important time for West Ham to get the goal just before half time. Noble. Second ball in. Carroll allowed to chest it down. It's Gabriel. It's equaliser from Andy Carroll. Big deflection. Stoppage time at the end of the first half. Two goals in two minutes from Andy Carroll. They would have gone in off Gabriel. Celebrations for Slavan Bilic at the end of a tremendous first half of football. And Bermanike looking for Carroll to get in behind Koscielny. Carroll all alone. And that's wrong beyond the goalkeeper and it's in! And the referee is blown for a foul by Carroll and West Ham have had another goal disallowed. He's challenging the centre-half. Koscielny bashes into his own goalkeeper who looked far from convincing. It rolls to Bayern and tucks it in. No goal. More controversy at Upton Park. Antonio on the outside of Monreal. Arsenal are rocking here. Chip to Carroll! Sensational! What a comeback! Hattrick Carroll. Three goals effectively in nine minutes for Andy Carroll. Ramsey having a look. Giroud the back heel. Welbeck on the half turn. Ozil back to Welbeck and in by Koscielny. And an amazing game takes another turn. 3 3. Hello and welcome to the Knees of Mother Brown West Ham Podcast Series 4, Episode 31. Joining me in the studio, Bianca Westwood. Hello, gang. Welcome back. Thank you very much. And our next guest uh, joined the club as a trainee striker 50 years ago. In that time, he has been responsible for establishing West Ham as the Academy of Football. Quite, uh, quite an achievement. Welcome to the show, Tony Carr, MBE. Thank you, guys. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Fifty. We were just saying earlier, fifty years. Yeah, you I hadn't really. No, realized. I hadn't really looked at it like you hadn't, that. You hadn't no, counted, just, no. No. Sixty-six. Summer of sixty-six. I joined as an apprentice, as uh, you, you just reminded me, and uh, sort of my time does go back to that time. And, but before that, I'd sign as an associate schoolboy at fourteen. Yeah. You know, you do it. You're playing for your district at school. As I said, for East London in them days. It's now called Tower Hamlets, the district. But I played for East London and. Uh, and West Ham uh, saw me and signed me at 14. And I had to go up on the uh, on my school assembly and proudly announce a young boy from our school had been signed by West Ham United. So yeah. I walked up St Paul's Way School in Bow, for those that know it and remember it. It's still there. Different school, same site, though. Incredible mm. achievement. Yeah. 
but we're saying just before as well so 1966 the year you joined your first training session with West Ham was the training session after we'd won the World Cup when Ron Greenwood congratulated Bobby Moore and co for winning yeah. the World Cup yeah I mean yeah. I, I, as I said to you earlier I remember it vividly I mean I, I left school on the Friday I've packed up my paper round on the Sunday wow and I went to work on the Monday <laughs> And That's the first, amazing. The first training session, because only, um, you only had about eight, ten apprentices then days. Everybody trained together. So on the first training session, you're, you're training with three World Cup winners. And, and I'm a sort of 15-year-old kid. And uh, looking at them, I was West Ham supporter anyway, yeah. coming from Bow. And uh, oh, it was like a dream come true. Were you at that first game at Upton Park when they came back that season, 66-67? Because yeah. I've just been looking at all that archive, because I'm doing a big... Farewell bowling piece for yeah. Sky Sports. So I've just been watching all that and it's incredible the footage there. We lost that game. Did you? Who was <laughs> it against? Because you can't tell, you can just see them running out of the tunnel. I think, I think, I may be wrong, a memory serves me, it might have been Sheffield Wednesday. Right. I think, I, I might be wrong there, but we definitely lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Typical West Ham expectation. Yeah. We've <laughs> yeah. got three World Cup winners here. We're oh, bound wow. to win every game now. <laughs> No, you ain't. <laughs> work out that way. Yeah. But it would oh, be easy brilliant. to find to go back in the archives, but I'm sure it's someone yeah. like Shetland. Yeah. A team we should have beat, but didn't. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all over. <laughs> <laughs> and how was Bobby Moore in that first training session? Many memories and like? Well, I think, obviously, it was the first day of pre-season, and it was probably, it was just running on the coach, up to Ainault Forest, and running through the pony trails, and up the hills, and down the downs, and... And I'm just left school and I'm doing all these like six six mile runs. I said, like, what is this about? I thought I was trying to be a footballer. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, everyone had to do it. And whether you were a seasoned pro or a young kid, mm. you just did it. There was mm. no um, sports science or anything like that in yeah. them days. You just, just got on and done it. Wow. And after about three or four days of that, quite literally, I can remember, you wake up in the morning, you've got to lift your legs out of bed. Quite literally. Really? You're that stiff. So, you know, even as a youngster. Yeah, even you know, at 14 yeah, years old. You, you've got to lift your legs out. Oh, lifting wow. the legs out of bed. Yeah. To get going again. <laughs> that can't be good. That can't, no, that's not a good thing. No, I mean, obviously the sports science wouldn't allow that to happen I these guess days. they've progressed since then. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a bit more, you know, the army game rather than professional football. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Um, <laughs> well, on this episode, we'll talk about the Arsenal game that just happened. We'll talk about Tony's uh, obviously amazing career with a uh, 50 year career with West Ham. We'll get into some other news, uh, including a potential tour of the US in the summer, allegedly. And then we'll do some predictions for United at home and Leicester. Um, but let's begin with some feedback we had from the last episode. Our last guest was Steve Lomas. All right. Yeah. Uh, and as someone pointed out, uh, someone by the name of B Sides on Twitter. He said the, the phrase, look, listen, quite a lot. And he said, look, listen, great podcast this week, but listen, Steve Lomas was a great guest, but listen, how many times can one say listen? I think that was a bit of a... It, that accent needs work, by yeah. the way. <laughs> well, I'm not known for my accent. No, I can see that. <laughs> uh, Stevie, like, good memories of Stevie Lomas. He came, yeah, I know. A lovely bloke. No, yeah, Stevie well, obviously. He's a good servant for West Ham, come mm. from Manchester City. Yeah. Remember him scoring in the FA Cup against Man City. At, yeah. uh, at City I think we won 2-1 that day and that was a great I remember Steve he didn't score a lot of goals but mm. uh, he, his one goal he'd probably cherish yeah. Yeah. so yeah good lad Steve Yeah, it surprised me because I thought he looked like a nutter on the pitch 
and I hadn't had seen many interviews with him. And when I, when I met him, he was a lovely bloke, but I, mm. I expected like a kind of Tommy Repka nutter. <laughs> but he wasn't quite. That was a lovely, personable, charming man. Yeah. No, he's quite understated. Yeah, he's quite yeah. quiet, actually, until, mm. he, until he has a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we had a couple of emails on the topic of West Ham fans wanting to get chants started. Um, we had one from Dominic Woodbridge who said, please help me get this started because it's been in my head on a loop for at least five months. To the tune of uh, the Baseman Jack song, You Used to Be My Romeo, he wanted a chant of, We've got Mikel Antonio. Oh, oh. oh. You know, mm. something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure about that. I don't that. know if you if you're up for starting that chant, you've got that uh, opportunity. There's another uh, email as well from David Treasurer. I think they just want to hear us make a fool of ourselves singing <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, quite frankly, yes. Uh, these ones coming up, you're having, you're All doing right, that. Okay. I'm, I'm steering well clear of these. All right. Okay, in that case, uh, so David Treasure emailed in. Firstly, great job on the podcast. Two of my mates who I go to a game with, Con Constant and Luke Beacon, have a few chance suggestions for you. The first one uh, I thought of as a eureka moment until we realised Liverpool used to sing it. It could work, though, to the tune of Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. It's Sweet Carol Nine. Hair has never looked so good. Not Tony exactly is, uh, accurate, though, is it? I mean, mm, that, no, that hairstyle's yeah. not, it's not doing it for me. I mean, they're trying too hard to make up songs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Shake, 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 uh, and the song he's suggesting is Check, 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 Kiate. I'm not sure I know that, the source uh, material. No, I well don't enough. know. Uh, is that the right melody you've yeah, got, you've got I'm there? I'm not sure I have. I'm not sure. I'm not even going to guess further. Last one, thankfully for everyone, is... Uh, oh, this is, the, this is horrendous. This would make us the laughing stock of the football fraternity if we ever started singing this. To the tune of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song is Randolph the Green Glove Keeper had a very shiny kit. Brackets, no need to go on. Uh, David Treasure there with some footballs of some chant suggestions. Tony's face says it all. Yeah, I'm not, I, most, I'm not very musical anyway. That's, that's put me off even more now. Well, if you've got any chant ideas that you want us to attempt to butcher... Better than those, please. Here's how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the show. Email podcast at kumb.com. Get on the forum at kumb.com or follow your hosts, your lovely hosts on Twitter. Beautiful people, lovely, one of your own. Bianca is at B E Westwood. Chris is at CJ Skull, and that's with a C, not a K, a C, because he's special. <laughs> Come on, you irons. Cool. All right, then. Let's talk about the last weekend of action. West Ham 3, Arsenal 3. Uh, Tony, you were telling me it was a, you were away City with the youth team yeah. in the dressing room before the game in their new 200-odd million pound uh, youth academy centre. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice up there, isn't it? Uh, oh, it's beautiful. It's like Disneyland. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, it's every it's pitches and accommodation mm. and yeah. the stadium itself would put a lot of football league clubs to shame and fantastic. We played in the stadium with the youth side on Saturday because we travelled up and back on the day um, we had a two o'clock kickoff, so we arrived at the stadium about 12.30 on Saturday and we walk in the dressing room you know massive dressing room and there's a great big HDTV on the, on the wall so we turned it on watched West Ham versus Arsenal first half <laughs> players went out to warm up with the, um, with, the, with the fitness guys so me and Mark Phillips um, 
and Potsy were watching the first half West Ham Arsenal. <laughs> and they, Potsy and Mark went out at, uh, at 2 0 down. I thought, oh, we're going to get well stuffed here yeah. today. Yeah. And they walked out. So I sort of sat in there and watched um, the rest of the half. And I came back and I said, it was 2 2. And I went, now nah, you're pulling my legs. And that's 2 2, I'll tell you. <laughs> and uh, so, no, it was, uh, that was nice. It was, um, it's a shame we couldn't hold on for the, for the yeah. winner game. Mm. You know, and another refereeing decision gone against us. Oh. Uh, the, the first goal changes the whole complex of the game. And um, you know we can't we four draws on a trot now, I believe or yeah, and uh, we just can't turn those draws into wins. Mm. A slow start again, and that's something we've been criticised for this season, like going two down. Do you think there's something about the mentality of this team that goes behind early on? I'm not sure. You, I'm not sure. It's these things that people say, well, you don't start. Is your warm up right? Is your preparation right? I think I'm, I'm not there close enough to see mm. exactly what they're doing, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that that could be in question. They, they, they stay overnight at a hotel locally in in in, uh, in Docklands, get to the game in good time. The warm up is the same as any other time, and you know we did get a good start, scored a legitimate yeah. goal, and and it was it wasn't allowed. So I think at times it's just circumstances yeah. go against you. Exactly, that's I mean, the way it is. If if that decision you know had gone our way because it was a perfectly good goal then it would have been an, a good start exactly, so yeah. I don't really think on this particular occasion I don't really think that was down to no, us I don't think you could aim at that no. maybe in other games you could say well, yeah. well you know mm-hmm. we, we didn't start but like Norwich away etc even going two down I was I was um, sat in the press room at Derby I was, I was doing the Derby game and I was Everybody was like, yeah, you're going to get stuff. But I actually thought we'd come back. Mm-hmm. Was, we've just got that in our locker, haven't we, yeah. this season? So as soon I'll, as it goes 2-1, you you're just, home, yeah, you know the crowd. That's it. And obviously yeah. it proved. Yeah. Not, you know, we went 3-2. Yeah. But a word on the disallowed, you mentioned like the referee decision. I, mean, there was a, I thought a couple of shockers. In terms of conspiracy, Tony, do you think they, it, there's often rumoured there's a conspiracy against us? Do you believe it? Do you buy no, into that? No, there's no conspiracy. Really. No, yeah. not at all. No, no, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a good story over, <laughs> over these Twitter feeds. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a conversation piece, but there's no real, there's no real truth in that. No. Yeah. Why would there be a conspiracy? Who would be against us? Well, and why would they, you know, why well, would the referees have it in for us? To put yeah. my Daily Express a conspiracy hat on. Go on. Uh, Leicester in the top four. Another another kind of non-big team in the top four. Champions League revenue, you know, UEFA. It's not good necessarily for the English game to have, mm. inverted commas, smaller teams in those Champions League spaces. Could the referees, They, you know, there's a lot of focus on Leicester. If you're looking to keep someone out, it's probably us. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, I don't know. Not for me. No. It's a nice well, Mar- theory. Mourinho okay. was on yeah. about conspiracies, yeah. wasn't he? And, yeah. uh, if I was in the pub and had a couple of beers, I might buy into it. But you know, I'm cold sober and I don't think it's, it's, there's any mileage in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, OK. Well, enough. But then let's talk about Andy Carroll. Because, I mean, he was unstoppable, wasn't he? He bullied oh, Arsenal Yeah, he was terrific. I think he was terrific Saturday. And what does go a little bit unnoticed by a lot of people is... The, the effort he puts in you know mm. he's, he's chasing back if he loses possession he's chasing back he's back at set play he's heading balls out of the box I think he's you know he's a great asset to the team and I think Slavin called it right Saturday you know he, you know, he said himself that he felt that getting the ball in the box early against Arsenal could be a good tactic and obviously so it proved he ended up scoring three and uh, you know his, his selection was totally justified so whether he'll do the same Wednesday against Man U I don't know um but certainly, if someone scored that trick, it can be difficult to drop him. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Slevin said, I'll drop him if I'm drunk. 
Yeah. <laughs> I read that today. So right. okay, well it tells you me that it says it all. That's all you need to yeah. know. I mean, he's unstoppable. Unstoppable against Arsenal. Could he be unstoppable for England in the Euros? You've brought a lot of England players through the setup. Do you think he deserves? I think. Yeah, I think he's an alternative. Yeah. The only problem I see with it is in Europe and, and world football, they don't allow contact mm-hmm. of any shape or form. So every time he jumps for the ball, they're going to give a free kick because yeah. his arms are here and everywhere. Yeah. Not that he's trying to do anybody, but he's, he's ungainly and ungainly at times mm. and he's sometimes unplayable. And I think a lot of the times um, he'll be giving free kicks away and I think it might nullify what he's really good at. Yeah. It's only my opinion, <clears throat> mm. but I think you know European and world football, they don't allow contact at all. Mm. And as soon as there's any contact, especially in, in the attacking half for the attacker, they'll always give the benefit to the defender the yeah. defender sort of flies fl- his hands out falls on the floor yeah. they'll end up giving free kicks that happened against Arsenal didn't he he could have uh, gone for, for that they said, yeah. they said it was an elbow it, it wasn't for me it was just yeah him. it was just the way he jumps yeah. exactly and he was looking at the ball all the time that's it there was yeah. nothing in it but, but um, it, it, that as would you be say, my worry yeah. that, but yeah. I think a great alternative Mm. Great. But the, the, the player that I'd like to just throw in there is like Henderson and looks like he's going to be out yeah why not Mark Noble? Why not? Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, Roy Hodgson. What? I just. Why do you think he's not giving him a chance? Don't know. Don't know. Mm. Really, don't know. It's bizarre. Obviously, some. You know, you're you as a coach, you're as a manager. You have fixed views on players, and maybe he just sees him not being what he wants. Mm. He threw in drink water against. Um, not the Germans. It was the second game he played with. Right. Holland, was it Holland? Holland, yeah. Holland against Holland. And I looked at the game and I studied Drinkwater quite closely for myself because mm. of Mark Noble's situation. Mm. And I didn't think Drinkwater did anything in that game that Mark that Noble Mark could have done do. as well or if not better. Yeah. 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 He's, in, he's in the form of his career as well, mm. Mark he's, Noble. He was, he's been pinging balls all yeah. over the place, hasn't he? Mm. Not just the mm. strength and the work rate. He's yeah. added that little bit of flair, you know, no, accuracy. No, exactly. passes and, uh, are completions we, everything well up we there. we know as West Ham people, we know. And uh, I just don't think Roy's going to... He, he doesn't fancy, fancy him. <laughs> Simple as that, it. you know, you just don't fancy him. No. Yeah. No. It's, it's, it's gutting, isn't it? It's yeah. absolutely gutting. Um in the end, three all. Is that a good result in light of kind of what happened? In I the think game? you'd be disappointed coming back from two 0 down, yeah. three two up, that you couldn't maybe go on and, mm. and score another one or at least hold mm. on to what we had. And I think it was seventieth minute they scored Arsenal, yeah. so yeah. twenty minutes from time, um, they'd be disappointed. I think sitting in the dressing room after the game, they'd be pleased with the result overall, but disappointed they couldn't hang on for the win. Mm. I think it's been a bit unsettled at the back though, hasn't it? And yeah, you know, Collins. I don't think Tom Tompkins was quite at his best. Mikel no. Antonio, he's he's not a right back. No, obviously technically we didn't quite get it right no, the first half. Exactly, you know, we went three to there back and, four, didn't they? But still, and, was... and Arsenal to be fair, that they're good at exploiting space. That's it in that last third, yeah. and they did that very well. Both goals come from similar yeah. situations, mm. um, but. All credit to the manager. He put it right at half time. Yeah, and he and, does that, Slavin, yeah, doesn't no, he? He's not afraid to do that. He can identify yeah. very quickly where it might mm. be sort of lacking, and he, yeah. he puts it right. No, hundred percent on that yeah. one. He's uh, he's not afraid to make changes. What mm. interests me about what he said after the game as well on Andy Carroll was the fact that he questioned his dedication again, quite publicly, yeah. and he'd yeah. done that after the Liverpool I game. That. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he said all the right things about he's, he's unplayable, he's immense, he's a mountain, he's what you need, and he, he's always, he'll always play him while he's in this form. But he did still say that he needs to look at 
perhaps his lifestyle. And I, that just mm. interested me. He's, yeah. he's t- he keeps telling him, doesn't he? And he's obviously, mm. he must tell him personally, but he's telling him publicly as well. So mm. there's still something there that he feels that can be improved. Improved, yeah. I mean, I, I picked up on that same. I, I looked at that one. He's, he's mm. made a comment about, yeah. you know, he's, he's, uh, the way he lives his life, really, yeah, I suppose. That, that's yeah. exactly what he said, yeah. Um, you know, but I would say, you know, look at Andy, I saw some pictures on the mail online it was yesterday or today today I think it might have been mm. you know he's at home with his little boy or his, his little yeah. child and, and uh, you know celebrating his, he had the match ball and a bottle yeah. of champagne yeah. man and a match so maybe you know having a family now and responsibilities it may just yep. like a lot of people settle down and mm. um, because when he's on the pitch the and when he's on the training yeah. field as well he's 100% yeah. dedicated yeah. Oh, yeah. So I couldn't agree more yeah so mm. that, that was quite interesting that so, you said that yeah all right, let's wind the clock back now to 1966. Beatles in the charts. <laughs> Young Tony Carr. My favourite group, the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> what a year, 66. So as we said earlier, you, you, you come along to West Ham, you sign you sign on, um, you kind on trainee forms, yeah. and there you go, Ron Greenwood's around the place. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, what a start to your, to that the career that you eventually had with West yeah. Ham. I mean, Ron was the manager. John Lyle yeah. was my youth team manager. Wow. John was John had just packed up playing because he'd had a bad injury. And uh, in them days, he went and worked in the office, but then come and did a little bit of work with the mm. youngsters. Um, yeah, so um, happy days, happy memories. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't quite work out for me as a player. Well, but Bottom yeah. line is it wasn't quite good enough to make the very top level. Was that the injury or was that...? I think, I think West Ham had released me... Mm. Prior to that, anyway, okay. Um, when I was twenty, and um, I went and played part-time football for Barnet because Barnet was a part-time team then, mm. and I went and got a job in in two local schools in North London, Holloway School and Woodbury Down School, and um, I'd got a, the preliminary coaching award, which Ron Green would always wanted the, all the players to do coaching awards and go and work in the schools. So as a young player, myself and a, uh, the young goalkeeper at the time, Peter Grotier, who ended up playing 50 games for the first team, we went and worked in uh, Stratford Grammar School. It's not a grammar school anymore. Uh, and sort of a couple of afternoons a week in their PE department, took them over once in flats. So that sort of gave me a little bit of an insight into working with youngsters and working with kids. And because I'd got the coaching award, I got a job in the schools coaching football. And I, and, um, I was doing that and playing for Barnet. I ended up getting a broken leg and for whatever reason I said this earlier that uh, the bone wouldn't knit it was quite a straightforward break the uh, break of the tibia but the, I, I had a full leg plaster then a half leg plaster then back into a full leg plaster it just wouldn't wouldn't knit the leg wouldn't knit so I couldn't train couldn't do anything and I was then without a club so um, I just got a phone call completely out of the blue on a, remember it's a Sunday morning from John Lyle and John said oh, you know I've heard about your injuries and whatnot and uh, you were coaching you've been coaching in the schools would you want to come and do a little bit of part time work for us in the evening with our school boys so he said well if you know if you don't if it's not really what you want or it's too early you know you'll get you fit and get you back playing at a level where you want if you want to play again well so that was in the summer of 73 and I've, I've been there ever since so I went from part time to full time and now where we are now so mm. it's, it's an amazing um, thing that happened to me because it's like everything else, this opportunity, you take an opportunity, you make a choice in life. Yeah. I regret not having a great playing career or a long playing career, but at the same time, I wouldn't have had the career that I've had as a, as a coach 
and you know took me all this way mm. you know mm. meet the queen and yeah. <laughs> everything else so, exactly. yeah. so yeah it was um you know, a, real, a real journey I look back now and I feel proud of my achievements I have to say yeah rightly yeah. so I wondered like becoming this great kind of academy coach and youth coach probably like I said earlier probably the most famous in the country how much do you think it helped you that you had Ron Greenwood and then John Lyle kind of around like yeah. two of the best managers this country's ever produced well I think you look at Ron and I think a lot of people have said this I remember Harry saying it so many times Ron is the best coach that you I've, I've ever worked with or I've ever seen and Harry said that great coach very very studious he used to sort of go into Germany when it was, wasn't was favourable even into East Germany and study the way they did things mm. so everything all the training was always with a ball uh, everything was technique based mm. and if you said to Ron how do you like the game being played he always like I like to see it played well in other words efficient players skillful players and the game played what he would term in the right way. Now, some people might laugh at that and go, well, the right way is winning. But that wasn't Ron's philosophy. Mm. It was if you played well, you'd win more than you'd lose. And that was his philosophy. I wouldn't say he was the greatest man manager mm. at the time because the squad he did have in the 60s should have done better than it did. Mm. And I think he could have maybe, you know, it's not a criticism, but that's the way he was. You know, he got him the England job, so who am I to, 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 to <laughs> criticise? Yeah. Um, but a great coach, Ron. And John was, in effect, his... Uh, Ron was John's mentor. Mm. And obviously, Ron, John um, followed in Ron's footsteps. But John had a little bit more anger and aggression about him mm. when, yeah. it needed, when it needed to be. Yeah. John, John always used to say to the players, or even to anybody, don't take kindness for softness. Mm. Yeah. You know, because I'll show you the other side if I need to. Mm. So it was good that, you know, I had Ron as a youngster, always working and coaching and telling you. And when, even when I started as a young coach, when John was um, John was my youth team manager, and then he moved on. And when I moved away, he moved on up to the first team. And when I came back, we as, as a coach, we used the youth team used to train with the first team. That's the way it was. Mm. And we might be doing a practice and it'd be all the first team players and, and, you, and they might be doing shooting as an example. Mm. And, he, and, and the shot goes wide and you'd say oh unlucky because you ain't unlucky tell them why it went wide yeah. analyse the technique yeah. what did they do did they hook it did they slice it what did they do was their head up analyse it analyse it so he was always telling you to analyse what players were doing mm. and I think that set me in really good stead you know you could then you start to analyse what players were doing you analyse why it went wrong and, and it, made, it made you a better coach so them two were, without those two men John in particular mm. um, I wouldn't be sitting here now Wow. And was it always kind of not sort of drummed into you or drummed into the players, but was it accepted that West Ham would always be, would have ball players, would have players that even as defenders could have the ball at their feet, could play? Or was that something that you felt was important I to the was, academy? I think that's what had been drummed into me as a kid, right. as a young coach. You know, the, the attack starts at the back. Yep. So you've got to deliver the right pass. You know, don't just hump it in there. Um, so th w when we developed the youth program, um, I always wanted skillful players full stop. Whether they were defenders, obviously defenders at, at know how to defend, and your strikers knew at know how to score. But um, you know there was a a right way to play or a philosophy that you followed. Mm. And um, people say the West Ham. What is the West Ham way? I think the West Ham way is trying to be entertaining and attacking style of football. Not always successful, but 
you know, if you then start to go, well, we've, we're playing this way and we're not winning, we've got to change our ways, and you go the you go in the opposite direction. Well, then you start to lose your identity, you start to lose your the philosophy that you're trying to work by. But especially with young players, where the results don't really mean anything, it's very very important that you you develop good habits. Yeah. You really develop good habits, and that sets them in good stead for for later on. But I remember with with Rio as a youth player, a lot of dealings with Rio, and I hadn't seen him for ages, and I bumped into him somewhere at a, at a match or something, and. And he said to me, you're still doing third man running? So I, this, was, this is like a coaching practice. Yeah. And, I, and he laughed. So I said, uh, yeah, still doing it. Yeah, still <laughs> doing it after all these years. And he said to me, I've never forgotten it. And it set me in good stead. Really? Yeah. But he's the standard, isn't yeah. he? He's yeah. who everybody speaks yeah. about as a ball playing yeah. Yeah, defender. He was, yeah, yeah. He's and, the and, ultimate, really, and isn't he? And he was a midfield player when he come, when, when, when he come on as a staff, as a trainee. Yeah. Who and decided? I, I you? persuaded him to play centre back, and I said really? to him, he didn't want to play centre back. And right. at that time, I'd been on a I'd been on a course at um, at Lillishaw in them days. Uh, it got St George's Park now, but I went to Lillishaw, and the, and the guest speaker and demonstrator was Andy Roxborough, who was a technical director of UEFA, UEFA Technical Committee, and he was he was talking about the German philosophy. They playing three at the back, and. They used to put their most skillful midfield player as the middle of the three at the back. And he would break into midfield. Mm. The back three would split. He would break into midfield and create an overload into midfield and, and start attacks that way. Because obviously most teams at that time played 4-4-2. Yeah. Mm. So I, t- I took that one. Oh, I've got just a player for that. And I took it back to the club. And I had a coach with me that time, Peter Braybrook. as an ex-player of West Ham. Won yeah. a cup in 64 mm. West Ham, Peter. Played for Chelsea. And um, I discussed it with Peter, and he said, "Well, you got, you know, you said to him, yeah, you're right. You got the ideal man for that.' So we we started to practice it, and I said, I, said, I don't want to play at the bank.' <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't um, shy in coming forward with his opinion. <laughs> so he said, no, "I don't want to play at the bank." I said, "Well, I think you're suited there." I said, "I want to play three at the back, but what I want you to do, you play at the back, but you keep breaking it in the midfield." He went, "Oh, I'll do that then." <laughs> so because because he had the freedom to break yeah. in the midfield yeah. with the ball and create an overload. Yeah. And we played that, and we were very successful. Frank Lampard's team, that was as well. Frank mm. and Rio played in the same team. And we got to the Youth Cup final that year with that, with that system. Mm. We, we did very, very well. Had a good year with the... I think we won the South East Counties League at that time for the first time, I think first time ever, that we'd won it as West Ham Youth. And um, we got to the final of the Youth Cup, played Liverpool in the final. And they had Carragher and Owen, and... Owen was the difference in the final, but we lost yeah. it over two legs, mm. second leg at Anfield, and we lost it. Uh, but no, and, and I remember talking to Steve Highway after the game, and he was saying, "No, you haven't lost this game, you see, because you've got you've got great players in your team. So that's that's your job, getting the players through." Yeah. And he was right, really. A disappointment you lose the game, mm. but uh, you, when you see what you had on the pitch, you knew that you know you, you'd done the job and oh, got definitely. players of that quality through. You know. Yeah, but when do you remember when you first saw Rio? Was it clear he was an unbelievable? No, not talent? really, because when he first came, he he played up front. He wanted to be there mm. he, mm. to this day. He's a frustrated centre forward. <laughs> you know, he, he, wanted, he wants the glory. You yeah, can tell no, yeah. he, he, like, his goal celebrations. We, we used to, <laughs> it, it, and then we he ended up in midfield, and then obviously eventually at the back. So in the youth team, we, he would play at the back. And if we were losing on a Saturday morning, I go Rio up top. You know, if we were losing one two nil, and, and inevitably up up there, he'd change the game. Mm. He'd either make a goal, create a goal, score a goal. Well done, Rio at the back. So <laughs> push him at the back mm. again. You know, and that's how versatile it was. He 
he was for me he could do anything if you said to him in a practice uh, we want lads I want you to do this and I want you to do that and he'd go like this and he'd just do it he'd go yeah like that <laughs> no he was that good he could yeah. just yeah. do it you know yeah how much of it is uh, down to their natural talent how much do you have to push you know how sort of you've obviously been instrumental in some amazing players that have come through at West Ham because it, it calls to mind someone like Ravel Morrison yeah. do you think there would have been anything that you could do perhaps that would have changed the way he was if he'd have mm. come through the academy for well, example well to be fair I mean you've got to say he's come through a terrific football club in Man United mm. yeah we've got a terrific uh, policy and philosophy on youth football so I would have felt that if Man United couldn't, couldn't have do done it. a lot with him no, no matter how, I think, how good we think we are I don't think I could have right. made much difference so Remember, is it a lot down to attitude then? a lot a massive amount down to attitude 90% of it is down to attitude wow and character right. character attitude mental strength all those imponderable things that you can't you can teach and, and, and guide yeah but it's not like teaching someone to chip a ball or cross a ball um, one you've got to have the ability Second, you've got to have the passion for it. Mm. You've got to have the mm. dedication to work hard. And you've got to have that mental strength when things don't go well. Because it's not always a rise up the ladder. Of course, yeah. Mm. You know, sometimes you fall off the ladder and you've got to get up off your backside and go again. Mm. And that even goes for senior players. So you've got to have a mental strength about yourself to, uh, to come through. And, and I, if I look back now, all those years, all those that, that, uh, that did very, very well for themselves... Even going back to like Paul Ince, mm. yeah. you know, who didn't have the best of upbringings as a youngster, um, and was something of a difficult schoolboy, but he had a massive belief in his own ability, absolute mm. massive belief in his own ability. Right. So John Lyle was massively instrumental. Oh, I haven't said massively there too. Much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get his Twitter right. feeds giving me too much. To think about. <laughs> you know. Um, <clears throat> He, he was really influential in, in guiding Paul. Mm. And I think that, that's the reason that he did what he did when he left West Ham because West Ham had sacked John Lyle. Mm. And John Lyle was his... He was a father figure to him. Right, massive yeah, mentor yeah. to him. Really, really was. Mm. And believed in him. Gave him his debut. You know, believed he loved him, him, didn't he? Loved he, him. Yeah. You know. I saw an interview with him recently and he, he talked about John Lyle and how, how much of an influence. Yeah, and he massive. gave him a lot of credit for his entire career. He said he yeah. was Did more important to him than Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Because I mean, he guided him on the path, yeah. didn't he? You know, and, he, yeah. and he got him in the team and, and believed in him. Um, uh, and as I say, he was a difficult youngster. But it's not only the youth coach, it's, it's, the, it's everybody around the club have to buy into what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. And it has to come from the top down, not the bottom up. It has to come from the top down. So there has to be a philosophy that's come down from the board to the manager into the coaching staff. And then everybody buys into that and this is what we're trying to produce. This is how we're going to produce it. Mm. This is what we're trying to achieve. And these are the, the goals we're going to set for it for ourselves mm. as individuals, as teams, as players. So as so in that respect, that's what West Ham always had. Always had. There have been a few little blips on the way, but they've always had that mm. and now with Slavin even more so I mean the first day I saw Slavin when he got appointed come over there and give me a big hug he said you still here so I said yeah I said yeah, <laughs> I said, yeah. really did he remember you part of the furniture yeah, he remembered me he said yeah you still here so in that yeah. respect you know he, he had that bit of West Ham in him he, he knew mm. the club yeah. although he wasn't there for a, a long mm. time uh, he knew the club and he knew what the fans were about and uh, 
He knows what's yeah. important. He, he knows what's important. Mm. Yeah. And well, he's been successful. Are there any for you that have fallen by the wayside or ones that got away? I'm thinking perhaps... Of... Yeah, there's, there's one or two that, you know, like John Terry got yeah. away. John, he, he was a midfield player when he was at West Ham, John, as a young schoolboy. Always technically good. Um, and West Ham didn't release him, as the story goes. That, that's not true. In them days, at the end of each season... You had to re-sign players at the beginning of the next season and so on. It was a yearly thing and we sort of dismissed the players after the end of May and said, have a good break, everybody have a nice holiday, see you all in August for pre-season training, which is a schoolboy group. And John didn't come back. I mean, a Chelsea scout had obviously got into him and and watched him play and promised him this, promised him that. I don't know, John would have to tell you exactly what happened, but... Um, and, and he left he up and left and mm. it was one of those you went oh, okay he's, he's gone didn't want him to go but he's gone but you couldn't have gone on you couldn't have that time said that John will end up being a centre half for Chelsea yeah. winning yeah. England yeah. Oh, the England, best ever winning yeah. the Champions League winning mm. like, a bit like Frank I suppose or something. Yeah. but you, you couldn't have said that about John at that time and there's another one that great mental strength toughness mm. about him physically and mentally mm. knows what he wants don't take any muck from anybody Mm. Um, and um, he's had a fan, fantastic career. I've got nothing but admiration for him. So he must have had a few games in Claret and Blue then. Oh he yeah, have... oh yeah. Played a few games for West Ham. Oh, so... Even played Claret and Blue in my test. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I got him in the shirt. So yeah. He was a bit reluctant, but I made him. <laughs> There's a few others like Jimmy Bullard, for example, yeah. who, who came through and then made it elsewhere. I mean, was that was that a tough decision to let him go? Did we, did we think I, I wasn't. Would... I wasn't in the process that let mm. Jim go. Um, but um, it's like everything else. A manager comes in, he sees different things in different players, and mm. lets players go. And all credits, they've got to bounce back, haven't they? A club rejects mm. you. You've got to bounce back from there. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you get the you know the elbow from somewhere, and yeah. you've got to have enough uh, belief in yourself to bounce back, and you know, mm. and. and take yourself and go where perhaps that manager that let you go didn't think you were capable of mm. Jimmy Bullard's a great example of that Ray Houghton is a great example yeah. from way back yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean John let him go because I, I think I wasn't in the process but uh, he played he played against Arsenal at Highbury in the last game of the season for the first team and then gets a free transfer in the summer it didn't quite ring right to me and I, mm. and I don't, never spoke I didn't speak to John about that at the time it wasn't my place and I was a young coach and I felt well, John knows best, and uh, didn't question it. But would there ever be a time where you would? What question it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, there would be a, when I was employed as the academy manager. Then you would. I, I would <coughs> then say, you know, you sure? This mm. player, I'm really, you know, don't think we should be do, we should be doing this. Not with more senior players, but with younger players. Right. Mm. I, I would have a voice, but not not now, of course. But um, at that time, I would. Uh, and then the offer he went to Fulham at that time John and mm. uh, Malcolm McDonald was the manager there I can remember reading an article that hurt me reading the paper if West Ham can afford to let these players go uh, I'm going to be looking very carefully at the next batch of free transfers that come out of here in other words uh, he was not ridiculing but saying how can you let this player go on yeah. a free yeah. transfer that hurt me a little bit oh, Christ almighty what have we done here yeah. mm. so he was one that really did get away we used to call him Scott. He had a Scottish accent, come from Glasgow. He ended up playing for the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> and when I see him now, I go, oh, Scotty, you know, because yeah. I'm Irish. <laughs> I think there's very few of that Irish team that are actually Irish. Yeah, yeah. Tony yeah. Cascarino ended up being not Irish at all. Yeah. Um, what about Matt Holland as well? He's another one that kind of gets another mentioned. One, yeah, as... yeah uh, Matt Holland did very, very well. And, and uh, 
But we had a good batch of young players coming through at that particular time. Mm. And Matt's gone on and done terrifically well for himself. For the same reasons, I suppose. The manager looked looked below what he had. He thought, well, Matt ain't going to get in the first team mm. in the next year or so. And I've got some good young players coming up. I can afford to let him go. Um, a mistake, obviously. Yeah. Simple as. A mistake. And uh, I think the reason John let Ray Houghton go, though John never ever said this, was we had a young player in the youth team that made his debut at 17 in the first team, scored on his debut, did very, very well, Alan Dickens. Mm. Yeah. And Dicko was like local boy from Canning Town, yeah. was a really, really promising young player, a really good player. But um, John got the sack, Incy uh, eventually left, but Alan had, was running out of his contract and Lou Macari got appointed as manager. And uh, Bobby Campbell, who's just recently died, God rest his soul, um, who I know quite well, or knew quite well, Bobby, he uh, he came in and wanted to take Alan Dickens. He was out of contract, so had, they signed him at Chelsea. And we had to go to the tribunal. Lou Macari had come in, only just arrived. He said, I don't even know who he is. He said, oh, is yeah, any good yeah. or not? He said, mm. he said, you better go to the tribunal. I was a youth team manager. He said, you better go to the tribunal. Well, not me. So I ended up going <laughs> to the tribunal with uh, the club secretary. I think we ended up getting 635,000. The chairman was delighted with that. Mm. Um, Chelsea weren't too pleased at the time. And uh, I think Alan would re- look back now and say that it was the worst thing he ever done. Today. Yeah. was leaving because he said he went into a dressing room that was cold, didn't mm. get welcomed. Mm. Whereas he'd been at West Ham, it was like a, a friendly atmosphere. John yeah. was the manager, made yeah. sure everyone was properly looked after. And Chelsea were a little bit complete opposite at that particular time. Mm. And um, as soon as you played one bad game, you were out of the team. And yeah. He was in and out of the team and didn't really do really didn't do particularly well mm. there. And uh, again, this having mental strength and having that mm. strength of character... To, to bounce from that and come back from that move from there and go somewhere else yeah, yeah. well he, he didn't you know and he didn't no. uh, and he's, he, he's driving th- a cab now Al, I think he? he's one of our most underrated players though yeah. Alan Dickens mm. when you good, look good back player. when you look back at um, some of the old games especially mm. 86 mm. He was phenomenal. He had such flair, and he could really yeah. pick a pass out. He was terrific. I don't think I did. I'd forgotten now how actually how good he was. A uh, good player, Alan Dickens. Yeah. He so say he left too early, mm. and it, to the detriment of his own career. And I think he would probably admit that now, Alan. He's, he, yeah. I still see him from that, from time to time because uh, he's, he's a local boy. Mm. Drives a cab. I bump into him now and again. Mm. Um, good lad, and he, he, he could have been or should have been had, had a longer. Yeah. It's a more yeah. successful career. The Needs of Mother Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by aahsport.com forward slash West Ham dot HTM uh, and Leicester away this weekend, Walker Stadium. But of course, it's not just Leicester. You can put a bet on anything. It was a Grand National last weekend. Any bet you can imagine, if you sign up with AAA Sport, you get triple the odds on your first bet. It's essentially free money if you win that bet and you get unbelievable odds. I can't sell it enough aasport.com forward slash west ham dot htm i wonder until like 2003 our relegation we ended up having to sell the crown jewels essentially yeah. you know glenn johnson joe cole you know frank lampard had left prior to that and Carrick. Rio i wonder how did it feel with that period where west ham was selling all these players that de- the crown for me as, as an individual devastated mm. yeah really was you, know, you put all that effort and from behind the scenes, the scouts bringing the players in and recognising and identifying these players. 
myself and, and uh, the coaches working with them. Um, not only myself, but you know, put your Peter Braybrook, Paul Heffer, all mm. ex-players that would work behind the scenes with these players, and to sort of sell them because of a necessity, mm. because the club would have been desperate. Yeah, perhaps going into liquidation. Did you feel the same? Mm. With regards to Rio and Frank, or was this a lot worse because they all kind of went together? I think Rio was. I think everybody felt at the time that eighteen million pound was yeah, great money. Off, yeah, um, what we done with that money is another story. Take <laughs> uh, <See> Kamara. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frank was obviously because of Harry and Harry had yeah. left. Frank had left. Yeah. So Frank. Quite understandable. So you kind of accepted those. You could accept those. Yeah. You know, we got okay. eleven million pounds for Frank, mm. and at the time, I think the fans would have been eleven million pounds mm. because they all thought it was a bit of nepotism mm. in planning the team. Yeah. Because of Frank Senior. Um, and you look, you, I, I see a goal. When was it? The other day. Um, this afternoon, when I'm early today, and I put the, put Sky on. And like the premier years, yes. Mm. And I just watched it for fifteen minutes, and it was a it was the first day of the season, nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine, or nineteen ninety nine that era. Yeah. And it was Frank Lampard scored a goal for West Ham. Yeah. And you forget how many goals he scored for yeah. West Ham. Yeah. He scored yeah. a fantastic amount of goals, and, he, and his, his trait as a player, all the success he had at Chelsea, he had that at West Ham. You could see it was mm. it, was it was there. there. He had all that at West Ham, and, mm. and to, to, for the fans to give him that stick, and it might not go down too well with the fans that listen to this. Mm. But I just get disappointed with them. We should be we should be really proud of him for the amount mm. of money we got for him. Yeah, but he was a local lad we produced. The only reason he left was because his dad got a sack, mm. and maybe he didn't say the right things in the press, etc. But I think it's time to forgive and forget. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Frank Lampard, I've heard you say of all the players that kind of come through, he was, he's the one you're most proud of because he seemed to do it all himself. He, he wasn't born with the ability of some other players, but he made himself great. Do, do you think there's a lot of truth in that? Do you think? I think there's a lot of truth in that. Mm. I think um, Frank at 15 and 14, 15, he went through some uh, growing problems. He wasn't, he wasn't growing. Mm. Or he hadn't, he hadn't had a growth spurt. Mm-hmm. So... He started to put on a little bit of weight, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but just mm. like kids do, like puppy fat. Yeah. And then um, I remember talking to his mum, Pat, and she was very, very worried about him because he was getting a little bit of stick, but he was putting on weight. He stopped eating, which yeah. is obviously the worst thing you could do, and he, he almost went the other way, started to become, you know, a bit of a worry to his family that he yeah. wasn't eating properly. And, um, and um, he, he sadly had a growth spurt. You know, you look at him, what he is now. He's six mm. foot two or whatever he is. Yeah, sometimes you know, that happens. You know, and, and then he, he grew into his body, if that's the right yeah. term yeah. to use. Happened to Beckham as well. He yeah, was tiny. It was, he was he was tiny. Yeah, I remember him as a young kid, and 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 he um, it was just a just adolescence. It mm. was just every player goes, every player, every person goes through growth mm. spurts. But you, you know, you can have a growth spurt up to your twenty twenty one. Not everybody has a growth spurt at fourteen fifteen. So he went through that. So to come through what he come through, he's, it, I have to say the driving force behind Frank's success was his dad. Mm. Uh, as much as I'd like to claim that I made him the... <laughs> no, I, I helped him along the way. Yeah. I did bits for him and I helped him mm. when he was playing with the youth team and training with the youth team. You know, you, you identify the talent and it, in effect you, you, you base your training around your best players. 
So you train your you try you base your training about what your best players can do and hope everybody gets dragged along with it mm. rather than base it at an average level where the best players don't get anything out of it. Yeah. So it's important that you recognise that and I think well, I think I was good at recognising that and um, we know we set the these players challenges and that they they rapidly developed and and went beyond the youth team into the reserve team reserve team into the first team mm. and um the rest is history oh, as they he say more than yeah. delivered yeah. didn't they Joe Cole's probably the most naturally gifted would yeah, you say yeah that's fair to say that Bianca yeah, do, you, do was, you think Chelsea was the wrong club for him at that when he left well, West Ham well Chelsea Frank, uh, Frank Joe might say well I won two titles with Chelsea I, yeah. I, I'm not sure where he was did he get a Champions League I'm, I'm no, not sure where he was sure there he then or no, was I don't not, know yeah well it, but great success FA Cups etc etc he wasn't a, an ever present was he so in terms of um in terms of that success mm. and probably salary it was a good club for him yeah. but I remember Joe telling me um, and this is not talking out school when Mourinho first went to Chelsea he basically said to Joe you play the way I want you to play or you sit in the stands um, I think Joe's mm. probably best time was around two, 2010 in the World Cup played in that number 10 role in the hole and had yeah. a really successful year in yeah. World Cup at that time we had a little bit more freedom where those players you need to give them that mm. uh, and Joe I suppose wasn't at that time the most defensively minded and didn't fit into Mourinho's fit in terms of yeah. every player has a role to play and though there's freedom within the team you've, you've got to do your bit when you haven't got the ball mm. and um, he said to me either sit in the stands or play the way I want you to play and Joe said, well, I sat in the stands for two weeks and decided I'd better come play the way he wants me to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, now he had to fit into the system, which is like Mourinho's way. That's the way he wants to do it, fair yeah. dues. So, I mean, I'm not sure whether it was, was or wasn't the right club for him. But you, you know, for me, he was a great player. Mm. And that, that had that, that flair and mm. bounce and, and enthusiasm and... Pizzazz. Yeah, that's the word, a pizzazz about mm. him. The only thing I would say is when he actually made his debut for the first team, I can remember it. I can't remember the game it was, but I can remember him going up the pitch for the very first time. It was Upton Park. Harry put him on. And in some ways, the hype mm. around him, because he had hype around him from yeah, a very young age, did. the hype was better than the reality yeah. at that point. Everybody expected so much from this young kid. Mm. I mean, well, yeah. come on then, rip, rip this team apart, you yeah. know. Tell the <laughs> arse Show us some skills. Team, you know. Show us some skills, you know, yeah. do the yeah. tricks. Yeah. Now, with that, you know, at yeah. the sharp end, it ain't quite like that. Yeah. No, of course uh, it's and, not. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think he, he found it hard to cope with that a little bit initially. Yeah. Mm. There was a lot of expectation There was a lot of him, expectation around him, massive amount. And I think, you know, as I said just now, the... The, the the hype was better than the reality is to some point. Yeah, he got mm. there in the end. He got though. there in the end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was there youth team games that, where Joe was playing where he would just tear teams apart? Was that did that ever happen? Well, I think in the youth cup final against mm. Coventry, FA youth cup final, yeah. nine nil, yeah. nine nil, two legs, three nil. Not so much at, at Highfield Road. We won three nil. We weren't sure about. We went to Highfield Road. We weren't sure. We, oh, we could not beat this team. And you know, look back now, we 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 were a top top team at youth level mm. when I look back at it now I think Christ yeah we were a good team you don't know that at the time if you know yeah. what I mean it's only on reflection that you mm. you look back and and realise that but in the second leg we were 3-0 up and I think we scored very early if I remember rightly it was a full house they had to delay the kick off they only opened a couple of turnstiles 
and there were so many people outside that they had to open all the turnstiles, let them in for nothing. Mm. It was just really? jam packed. Mm. So we're expecting a crowd of about you know five or six thousand. We've got twenty five thousand, twenty eight thousand mm. full house. Mm. So it was a fantastic atmosphere. The, obviously, the fans had come for a party because we were already <laughs> free nil up. <laughs> we were already free nil up. <laughs> Glory hunters. Yeah, they weren't, yeah. A, they weren't a bad. Uh, they saw the glint of that yeah. silverware, yeah, didn't they? They saw they? the cup, you know, already in our hands. <laughs> <laughs> we scored early, and then Joe at that point, uh, a boy named, there's a good boy named Bertie Braley who, who had a great game. Mm. Michael had a, Michael Carrick had a very good game. Richard Garcia, I think. Richard Garcia has scored in every round of the Youth Cup that yeah. year. Um, he was a good player, Richard. I, like, I always thought he'd go on and do. A lot better than he did at, even at our yeah. club. We we released him. Went on loan to Orient. Ended up at Hull City. Did okay at Hull City. Mm. Got a bad injury at Hull. Um, good kid. Good goal scorer. So that night, Joe actually tore Coventry apart. Did he? Mm. He, he was he was doing tricks. He was doing all sorts. He was doing the Aussie Ardiles flick over his head <laughs> in like the uh, you know back, what's that Bobby Moore film? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 Skate to victory. Skate to victory. Yeah, <laughs> he was, it was uh, it was party time. <laughs> Do you I, keep I don't track particularly of... like that, but you know it was a great occasion. <laughs> Do you keep track of all of? the players that I do come try through. to follow them you do know. you mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of players though. yeah even the ones that are playing you know for, for Bradford or yeah, yeah. For, for Leighton Orient you've got left back you know Joe Woodison playing for Leighton Orient Cole Reeves playing for Bradford he's doing really well Yeah, you know and his players uh, down I follow them you know and to sort of see how they're getting on and mm. Did Stanislas come through? Junior yeah. did, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, didn't yeah. he? I mean, he's flying now. Now, he ju- like... Junior was yeah. always a very and talented. And Freddie Sears, Freddie, yeah, he's, he's doing all right. Yeah. Uh, Ipswich, he's doing very well but, there. But uh, Fred's doing all right. Um, with with Junior, he was a very talented player, mm. really talented player. Frustrated me madly. If junior was in here now. He'd say, "Yeah, you're right, Tom." <laughs> <laughs> Frustrated me madly because he didn't take the game seriously enough. Didn't right. work at it hard enough. Didn't listen enough didn't work enough mm. didn't practice enough Junior if you're listening sorry but it's the truth but you've done alright you're in the Premier League <laughs> is that more about yeah. sort of attention span was he kind yeah, of yeah just he was a young kid he yeah. thought he knew best yeah, you know. right. and you have to grow up sometimes you know. And some grow up at 17 some grow up at 22 you know mm. so they're all different but I'm pleased for him you know he's settled yeah. down I think mean, he's got a young family now yeah. and bit more responsibility and sometimes yeah. getting you know leaving a club yeah, and gives it, you that yeah. kick that you yeah, need it, 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 put it between, on a Burnley shirt yeah the real way wakes you yeah. up yeah. <laughs> well he's at Bournemouth now isn't he, was, he? went yeah, to Burnley yeah. now at Bournemouth yeah, yeah. Doing, so he's doing yeah, well Bournemouth now. have done well Eddie yeah. Howe and Jason down there the and he got coaches. a run of games as well with Callum, yeah. being, Callum Wilson mm. being out of course so oh, he's scored a couple of goals done well done well Junior please for him yeah, Michael Carrick a word on him because obviously he's gone on to do fantastically well from that team he's the European Cup he's done it all always Michael is what you see. He's a sensible lad, straight as a die, quiet, got on with it, mm. developed probably in Joe's shadow. How did we get him down from Newcastle? Yeah, How did that come obviously about? Obviously, our, our head of recruitment, Jimmy Hampson, who did a terrific job for the club. It's not there now, but done a, did a terrific job for the club. And we we had a scout in the North East, which we don't anymore, funnily enough. But we had a scout in the North East, and... Um, he said, they've got this player, he's training with Newcastle, but he hasn't signed anything. Um, get him, we want to have a look at him. So he said, yeah, we'll bring him down on holiday. So Jimmy got him down, and straight away you could see a, a talented young player, mm. 13 years old, a talented young player. You think, well, this kid can play. So what we did every six weeks, we brought him down in the holidays. Um, and um, eventually we persuaded him to sign as, a, as an apprentice. And he felt, Michael, that because um, he come from Wolves End Boys Club, yeah. And 
he was training at Newcastle on and off. You, it's but an old system where you you could train, but you didn't you, you didn't have to sign. Mm. Technically, you did, but not everybody did because player, the best players, like to go and have a look at different clubs mm. at that particular point in in their de- in their careers, their development. And um, we brought him down, and we had a house in Romford that we've still got, which is uh, like a like a small hostel, I suppose. Sleeps mm. about twenty people. I bet it's fun, I bet yeah. it's fun in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those boys could talk. But uh, yeah. we, we had a family run it, Bob and Val, Bob and Val Raisin, who have since retired. And uh, Michael's quoted in his book and saying, if it wasn't for Bob and Val, he probably wouldn't have stayed because they made him feel yeah. a bit like <clears throat> surrogate mum and dad. His mum were in the yeah. northeast and. He was a young lad, young lad, quiet lad, wasn't bullshit at all, very quiet lad, got on with it, did his work. And um, and obviously it worked out very, very well for him. Mm. I remember him, one of the first, Harry said to me one day, I, I need a couple of midfield players to train with us, I'm a bit short this morning. So I said, I've got a couple of us. I sent him a couple of midfield players over to him and because um, the youth team used to train on the same training centre there, but all at Chadwell Heath. And... Um, which which they don't now, which I think is a shame. But again, that's another another story. And um, Ayel Berkovic come off the pitch after the training session. Said to me, Tony, hmm. yeah. Said, who is this? Who is this player? Trying to do an Israeli accent. <laughs> said, who is this player? So I said, it's Michael Carrick. He said he would take my place in the first team. Did he? He said he would take my place in. That was after one session. Wow. I said, it's nice to hear. He said, yeah. yes, very yeah. good, very good player. Wow. Yeah, that must be great for you. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, well, great. What about yeah. the new crop? Who do you identify as going the whole way? Yeah. Lots of Reese Oxford. Yeah. Martin Samuelson's at Peterborough. Martin Samuelson at Peterborough. We've got Reese Oxford at... Uh, Reese Oxford. Reese Burke, Burke yeah. at, uh, at Bradford. Mm-hmm. And a young Josh Cullen at Bradford who's doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Bradford are pushing for promotion there. Won, won again on Saturday, 1-0. Keep winning 1-0, Bradford. But they've done really, really well. I hope they get... Um, and Reese has been there most of the season. He must have played 30 games for Bradford. It was great. And played five or six games for our first team. It's terrific experience so let, you know, him. West Ham fans, don't write him off. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's one that you know could come back and, and develop. He's, he's getting bigger. He's six foot one two now he's really blossoming into a great centre half and um, we asked them to take Josh Cullen or Terry Wesley now the academy yeah. manager now you know we've got a y- another young player used to play with me a couple of years ago in the youth team Josh Cullen great little player it's only small very tenacious very tiger like good 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 with the ball so they didn't n- know him particularly well but they took him Tim Breaker is their chief scout our ex-player right, yeah so t- Tim used to come down mm. and watch him. Said, "Look, take him, Tim. He's definitely worth a, a look at." And I went to watch him in his first game because that's one of my roles now to go and watch players that are on loan. Uh, you know, West Ham players are on loan, so I went to Peterborough. I watched Peterborough Bradford. Yeah. And uh, one of the uh, Bradford directors was in was in the uh, the tea directors' lounge before the game, having a cup of tea and a biscuit, and. Uh, he said to me, this player we've got from West Ham, he said, is he any good? What's he like? He didn't know him, obviously. And um, he said, Reese Burke has done really, really well for us. He said, he's done really, really well. And uh, he said, we call him Reese Beckenbauer. He said, he's done that well. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, uh, I said, oh, he's done that well for you. He said, yeah, he's done really well. So I said, well, you'll see. I said, but he's this, that player. And he, we'd come in at half time. And as he walked by me at half time, he said, have you got any more? <laughs> 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 He's done really well, so oh, he was pleasantly pleased and yeah. surprised. And Josh has been there 
couple of months now and right. it's done really really well Excellent. yeah so, so, so who do you see then going you know i think the biggest problem now bianca is is, is opportunity mm. i'm not talking about slamming village here but obviously slamming comes into that same category managers have got to be brave enough to put young players mm. in and there tends to be a reluctance these days to put them in Mm. Um, if I can tell a story again Glenn Roder was the West Ham manager mm. it was February the team was struggling which eventually got relegated um, Glenn was under all sorts of pressure mm. and um, we were playing at home and Glenn said to me do you think Glenn Johnson who was the young right back for the youth team had been on loan to Millwall and I'd watched him and he hadn't done great but done alright Millwall fans gave him, gave him unmerciless stick but he'd done alright so do what do you think about putting Glenn Johnson in and I, I said to him you'll never know until you put him in yeah hmm. put him in and obviously we put him in and he was he was a real bright spark in a real yeah. dismal season yeah, yeah. he was he, come, he, he shows enthusiasm energy pace strength flying up and down the, you know, the right side and he only played 13 games for West Ham and we sold him because we got relegated yeah another story we sold him for six and a half million to Chelsea oh it's so sad on the, I wish we had put him in on the day yeah. on the day <laughs> yeah. we sold him um, it was on a Friday I remember it was a Friday and he come up to me Glenn and I obviously knew he said they're selling me to Chelsea I went do what I knew <laughs> so, so I said do what I said well Glenn I said they've got to I said they ain't got yeah. any choice you know they did he not want to go he said I don't want to go yeah he's told oh. me that since I saw him yeah. recently oh, he said oh, is, yeah. he did not oh, want to go yeah. he was all. almost I don't want to be dramatic but he was yeah, quite upset he was gutted yeah, he, he said I don't want to go I said well you've got to go it's a fantastic opportunity for you I said you know and give you an opportunity to look oh, after your mum because your mum was as Single. Oh. She used to foster kids. His mum. Yeah. And I can remember his mum on a Tuesday and Thursday night training. She used to have a little gaggle of kids with her and yeah. sitting there waiting for Glenn to finish training. And yeah. oh. So I said, make sure you look after your mum. You know, always. Oh, he still does. He, he still mentioned does, her yeah. actually when I last spoke to him. I yeah. think they're from Dartford, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. From yeah. Kent. Yeah. yeah. And he, he was down visiting his mum, and I saw him. And, yeah. just, and, and he was really tell us being excited. Oh, I'm going oh. to Chelsea. He was gutted. He didn't want to leave West Ham. Yeah. So you think it's going to be more difficult going forward? Yeah. For so these going kids back to, to what we said, through. sorry to draw that out, but it was it was. I think it, I think it's much more difficult to, mm. to get a kid in now. Because he really Slav stuck Reese Oxford in, didn't yeah, he? Initially, yeah. um, I thought that was a really brave decision. Yeah. First game of the season, yeah. sixteen-year-old mm. kid, yeah. and, and he, you know, Emirates, he composed mm. himself brilliantly, Done really, really well. Yeah. Mm. But as I said to Chris, the second game we played Leicester at home, and it was like a sixteen-year-old boy playing yeah. in midfield. Yeah. He's not a midfield player, I have to say. He's not a midfield. He's got to play at the back. For me, he's got to play mm. as a defender. Um, I think he, he, he'll have a career as a defender hopefully mm-hmm. with West Ham in the Premier League mm-hmm. um, what well, could ne- do a defender at the but minute he, but he needs to play games and um, if he don't get, if obviously pre-season he'll probably be in and around the first team the trips or the tours or, mm-hmm. the, yeah. or the pre-season games well hopefully that'll be the time where he can maybe he'll either make a, a claim make a breakthrough, yeah. if he don't he's got to go on loan he's got to start playing league football mm. so what was your view if you can tell us when uh, all the the youth teamers were stuck in against Forest in the FA Cup, and they had that absolutely mm. shocking yeah. night. How did you feel about that? I felt, quite honestly, they were hung out to dry. Mm. Yeah, that's my honest opinion. I was, I was 
disappointed. I wasn't up at Nottingham, but I watched it on the TV. And it, I think he slung about five in, can't remember. Was it merely because yeah. he put too many in at the same time? Oh, this is only a theory. Yeah, because I think he's put too many in at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is only a theory. This is, I think that it was January. It was the transfer window. Uh, the manager uh, wanted players. It was Sam. I don't know. Sam hasn't told me. Mm-hmm. This is just my theory. Just my opinion. And I think it was a message to send to the ball. Look, we haven't got any young players. We need to go out and buy. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Sebi played that day, Sebastian Leger. Mm-hmm. Reese Burke come on at 1-0 yeah. 70, in the 70th minute. And he was, you know, he had a lot of experience up against. I can't remember the centre forward now. He scored another couple of goals. George Moncur played, didn't he? George Moncur played, give the penalty mm. away. Yeah. Because it was only one nil on seventy minutes, and that was a penalty. If George bit rash in his tackle. Mm. Um, Do you think that was hard for them to get over? Yeah, it definitely was. And I think to for Reese Burke to bounce back from that and eventually end up playing five games in the first team at the back mm. end of the season before last, Sam's last year. Yeah. And kept three, three clean sheets. Um, I think it shows testament to the boys, yeah. his character, his, his, his strength. And obviously he's moved on and pushed on from there. I think Sebi, uh, Sebastian, I think that mm. he didn't really get another look in after that. No, I think he spoke George about Mon- that, didn't he, on yeah. this podcast? He said as well that yeah. after that defeat that Sam offered no words in his kind of post-match team talk that kind of consoled them or made them, you know, help pick them off the floor, that he really did feel that they were like just hung Left. after our lives. Yeah, so. I mean... Sam might sit here and say a different story. It yeah. wasn't like that, but that's the way it looked to me. That's yeah. the way it looked. It looked to me, and then um, it, um, it a, a lot of those players them. didn't come again. No, you know, they didn't. George Moncur left. Sebi's gone to the LA Galaxy. He's yeah, done really, really well. Mm. Playing with some really good players. I mean, he comes from San Francisco. Anyways. What about Elliot Lee? What, mm. what do you Elliot, think of um, him? I mean, Elliot. I don't think Elliot. Uh, is an out-and-out goal scorer. Plays up front. Scored an absolute cracker for Colchester. Yeah, a couple he's, of weeks he's done ago. very well for Colchester. Will it? Will he come back and play in the Premier League for us? Um, I don't think so. In my mm. opinion, mm. I think I think he'll have a career in the game. Yeah. At what level? It'd be like a bit like Freddie Sears. He's got to perhaps go out and start to play league football, mm. prove himself, score goals. Mm. If you're a striker out on loan, the one thing that's going to make people stand up and take notice is you've got to score goals. Yeah. Mm. People start talking about you now. You know. I think Elliot's in a mm. difficult situation being at Colchester, yeah. isn't he? You're at in the a moment. struggling team. Yeah. I mean, they've had a couple of wins recently. Probably left it a little yeah. bit too late. Yeah. Because obviously, I know the manager. That mm. one of my ex youth team players, Kevin Keane. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's lovely, Kevin. I know as well, Kevin and from you know. I really was a boy. wish him to do well. Then. Yeah. So I see him two weeks ago, and we, I was speaking to him about it, and. He said we're doing all right, but we're just we're conceding goals and mm. defensively they're not not as strong. But they've, they've kept a couple of clean sheets. They went one 0 at Blackpool. He's got some good players. Yeah, there. Mm. yeah, he really has. I mean, George is probably one of their better players. Yeah. George Moncur. Yeah, and the boy in midfield, I can't remember his name, scored a cracking goal against Gavin Massey. Gavin was it? Gavin mm. Massey scored a cracking goal he's, against, he's good, uh, against Wigan a couple of weeks ago. I went to watch the game. Um, he's only a young player, about nineteen. Mm. Really, really oh, good player. Oh, Alex, is it? Yeah, Gilby. Alex Gilby. Gilby, yeah. yeah. That's it. He's done really, really well. And yeah. Kevin Kevin rates him. Um, he's out of contract the, this year, so he... They'll it, probably all him, go, He might they? move on, yeah. A yeah. lot of them will go. Hmm. But uh, no, I hope, I hope Kevin can pull the rabbit out of the hat and get yeah, out, but too. it doesn't look like it. No, it's a difficult one, that one. Yeah. Oh, last couple of questions. Obviously, it's the last year at the bowling. Obviously, got plays a lot of memories for you. Yeah. How do you feel about... How are you feeling about leaving Upton Park? 
I think it's inevitable that we had to do what we we had to do. That mm. opportunity to go to that stadium was going to come along once. Mm. Mm. If you turned it down, I think we would have forever regretted it. Mm. Mm. So I think it's uh, it's going to be a good move. I think it's what we had to do. Um, be sad though, won't it? It will be sad because you know my old granddad used to sell newspapers outside Did Upton he? Park. Was a used to have the football specials on a Saturday. You're too young to remember all this, but <laughs> you know when I was in the early early sixties. I used to go to the games. Me and my mate, we used to live in a block of flats, council house in Bow. We used to go to the game about half 11 in the morning. We were kids, about 11, 12 years keen. of age. We were keen. <laughs> now, the only reason we went that, that early, because they used to do all the de- deliveries for all the food and all the hot dogs. And, right. and the doors used to be, we used to bunk in. <laughs> we used to bunk in and hide up in the cage up in the north bank. We used to sit up there till the gates opened. We used to sit up there about an hour and a half oh. till the gates opened. So we used to get them nothing. Brilliant. So all those memories come flooding back all them days uh, when we used to do that. But no, we've got to move on. I, yeah. I, I've said to it about the stadium. You look at it from, you look at the old pictures. It's not the same old stadium anyway. No, it's yeah. not. Chicken Run's gone. They've got yeah. the East Stand. Yeah. The, yeah. the North Bank, South Bank's different, and yeah. the East Stand's all different. So it's like Trigger's Broom, isn't it? You know, it's, the yeah. same, it's the same broom, but different handles and, and brushes. <laughs> what a note to yeah, end the interview on. Yeah, excellent. And so Olympic Stadium, have you had a look at the facilities? Have you seen? I, I, I went there about um, uh, about a year ago now, I suppose, when it they were just moving the roof mm. for that and yeah. making it a bigger roof I haven't been there since it's probably fit for purpose yet so yeah. Yeah. hope to hope to go there uh, soon soon and have a yeah. look and last night at the bowling when it's there when it, you know, I presume you'll be there and it's kind of drawing to a close will there be one moment you'll think back on and think that was the highlight I suppose the highlight for me as a youth manager will be the FA Youth Cup night yeah, yeah. the Coventry night yeah, because me and Peter Braybrook sat there as manager and assistant. Nine nil up. We think we've scored first. Yeah, within about six minutes. So it was four nil aggregate. Yeah, I went we to go. Peter. Job done, Pete. <laughs> Brilliant. And we, and we sat and just enjoyed the rest of the game because it yeah. was a fantastic. We was like a yeah. fan then. It was just a fantastic occasion. Yeah. So that probably night sticks in. There's many many memories, but that night sticks. And the other night that really sticks in my memory is a supporter. Yeah. was the Eintracht Frankfurt night. Everybody's, my, my stepdad yeah. says that. I was Pouring looking at that the other day as well. Pouring down a rain. Yeah. And uh, that went to the wire because if they scored, they might have gone through on away goals or yeah. something mm. like that. So it was a real tense night. Yeah. That was a great night for the club. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Awesome. Um, so on to the current team. So it's rumoured we're going to have a summer tour of the United States of America. Oh, right. I don't know. Rumoured. Um, is that a place you're familiar with? Yeah, like, no, you enjoyed yeah, a lot of tours States. over there? Yeah, I've done, done a few tours in the States with the boys. Yeah. Been over there quite a lot of holidays. Yeah. I'm going there this summer, actually. I'm doing a, I'm doing Vegas... Oh, California. check you out, Vegas. Drive, you know. Oh, lovely. <laughs> the only reason <laughs> I'm going to... Are you going to do the shows? You're, no, not, you're, you're not a try, clubber anymore, I, are I will you, try Tony? to do a show. Yeah. No, Tom Jones or someone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the only reason I'm going to Vegas is don't really appeal to me, is that I want to see the Grand Canyon. I've never, ever right. seen the yeah, Grand Canyon. Yeah. I'd love... Yeah. Before I can't travel anymore, see yeah. the Grand Canyon. I'm not That's ready for that yet. By the it's way, an amazing yeah. place. So from there, I'm going to do the it. Grand Canyon. Have a look yeah. at that. I've never ever done that or Vegas. So I do three days there, yeah. and then yes. I go with my brother and his wife, and we're going to drive across to California and do that 
uh, coast ride up to San Francisco. Yeah, I've done that. Do a couple of rides. The do Pacific a couple of Coastal stops. Highway. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Up. So oh, we're going to do it's Monterey. Amazing. The scenery end up is in incredible. Frisco and then flying from Frisco. Yeah, oh, sounds yeah, good. We've, we've, we've been to Dallas a few times with the teams. Been to Washington with the teams. Um, yeah. I went with the team when we done the MLS All Stars yeah. game. Yeah, we took a group over there. Then we went to Ohio and then into Toronto. Played the game. So done that. Done that. So I don't know where they're going in the states or where it's rumored. Did, yeah. did they say? Is it, uh, is I think it? it's East Coast. I East think, Coast. Is it, yeah. it's rumored. That's not yeah, so bad. Yeah. That's not so yeah. far. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, top tip: If you're going to do the West Coast, don't do too much driving because when I did it, I didn't actually look around because I was too safety conscious. Right. Really? <laughs> Sit in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and my brother will drive. But, uh, <laughs> I suppose the longest drive will be because our first stop is, I think. Monterey, Santa Barbara. So yeah. we're going to go. Santa Barbara's Va- beautiful. Vegas to yeah. Santa Barbara. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Two nights there, or a couple of whatever, and then yeah. two nights there, and oh. yeah, so you're going to love it. Hopefully, Amazing. I'll enjoy that. Yeah. So that's my summer plan. <laughs> well, before that, small matter of the FA Cup replay yeah. Wednesday night, Man yeah. United. Tony, how are you feeling about? It? Do you think uh, I feel we're quite? Do it? I feel quite confident without being, you know, too overconfident. Mm. I think the momentum is with us. I think you know the build up to the final games, the build up. The form we're in at the moment, you know, mm. the character and the performances we're putting in. I think we've got goals in the team. Bearing in mind, uh, having said Man United's conceded three goals Sunday, but uh, Man United and Tottenham have got the best defences in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, so it's going to be tough to score. I don't see it as a high-scoring game. I see it as a 1-0 or a 2-1, something like that. Hopefully it's to us. Mm. And I really believe if we get to the semis, I think we're going away. I really do. That's Whoa. my prediction. Oh, I just got a little shiver then. <laughs> uh, Bianca, you were at the first game in the quarterfinals as Man United. Pre- yeah. Thought we were going to do it that night. I did. Now the uh, replay. Uh, I think maybe they were just postponing. They were, you know, um, one another night. Suspending under our gratification mm. because, yeah, at home it'd be it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. To go think through. we're going to do it. Yeah, I really do. Just like Tony says, we've got the momentum. We're confident. If decisions don't go against us, you know, because of your conspiracy, (laughs) then um, I think I really honestly, anything can happen. And when you've got someone like Payet who can score those three free kicks for fun, yeah, I just just hope it's one of those magical nights under the lights. It will be. The crowd crackling. It will be. So many famous other nights. And then after that, Leicester, who are running away with the Premier League. Mm. Tough game. Is that a game you mind losing, Tony, if it stops Spurs winning the league? If you say it like that, yeah. I think <laughs> but um, I think we'll go there and I give them we'll, what for. So you know, do I. I think we'll, you know, we'll, I, I do I, too. I, don't, I think Leicester. Are not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as to say they're stuttering, but they're not firing on all cylinders. They're they're, they're grinding out results yeah. like a lot of champions know, do. Champions do. It's not all free flowing football, mm. and I think we can go there. And get something. I think I, we I can think come we can away get a point. A, yeah, I think we can get a point. I don't think yeah. we'll win, but I, th- I think we'll get a point there. Yeah. And I think they've won it now anyway. Mm. I, I don't think Spurs have got any chance. Oh, I think you know, Leicester's to lose, but yeah. hopefully, no, the gap's we, too far, hopefully no. we can get a point Sunday. But Leicester go on and win it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be perfect. Yeah, I think we'd all take that. Mm. Excellent. All right then, Tony. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. It's Absolute been fascinating. fascinating. Really has. And also, I guess, thank you so much for all the players you brought through. Yeah. All down the yeah. years. What That's do we owe you? Yeah. <laughs> 80 million quid, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. A little brown envelope. <laughs> Surprise, fine. Nice. Uh, We've got conscious of tax we pay at the moment. So we, uh, yeah. Oh, we'll do it off the books then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. 
Bianca, thank you so much. My pleasure. We've got I've a pre-recorded really episode it. next week. Have we? Yeah. Oh, Max, I've got the night off. Yeah, Max Bretos, who's uh, Max Bretos out in LA. He's oh be, right. He's pre-recorded. Oh good. Yeah. So we'll go out to that. and get drunk on Sunday night then. <laughs> <laughs> good. All right. Well, we'll speak to you next week in a way. In the meantime, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. I'll be honest.